look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Andrew on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Um, you know, Andrew, we talk about retirement all the time, and of course, people are re- generally retiring from jobs. Yep. Right? And, I hope so. Oh, yeah, they're generally retiring from something. Well, they're, they're retiring from something, something, and they're moving on to something else, or at least that's my dream and, and what I'd like to see people Fair do. Enough. And I should say that many people are retiring from jobs, because that's not necessarily the, the, the case in every, t- um, every case. But what we want to do is uh, often one of the legacies that you can leave in a company, right, mm-hmm. is, is coaching or a wealth, uh, sorry, not a wealth, but a knowledge transfer on your way out. I know lots of people, as they move into retirement, they kind of slow their pace down, but they want to give back and they want to help the younger generation. And often that means yep. coaching. Now, that's valuable to companies as well, isn't it? Because we've got this massive demographic of experience and knowledge over the next 10 years about to leave the workforce. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at places like Calgary, a lot of that, uh, the, the, the older generation who is leaving that workforce is leaving the younger generation, and there's no sort of middle gap in between, yeah. and they could really use the help. Well, let's, let's explore this a little bit. We've got Merge Gupta Sundarji, uh, who's a leadership speaker and a consultant, and she's also the founder of Turning Managers into Leaders. Merge, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thrilled to be here. Well, let's talk about what happens within a company when people retire. Well, um, unfortunately, most companies don't think about it as being an issue. Yeah. What happens is people retire, people with a wealth of knowledge. Uh, we're talking information that's experiential. Uh, it's undocumented. It's about processes. It's about people. It's about relationships. And they retire, walk out the door, and isn't, it isn't until they leave that the organization goes, my goodness, we've lost some really valuable information. Yeah. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's an interesting, we, we talk about or we hear about succession planning at the very highest levels of corporations, right? Boards of directors require that when, you know, your C-suite staff turn over, there's a period of time where that, you know, that, that succession takes place. But we forget about all of the other people in the organization who, as you said, possess a tremendous amount of knowledge and experience. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'd even consider to call that intellectual property. Well, for sure it is. Go I ahead. agree completely, and it's ironic, isn't it, that the people with the one-on-one relationship knowledge are the ones who walk out the door and we don't always remember to capture that in some way. And Merge, mm-hmm. I'm going to go on, I'm going to go on record here and say that, that I know a lot of people as they, as they retire, um, they, they maybe don't phrase it the way you've just said it, but they, they had somebody in their career that was older, more experienced, more mature, help them through their career. And they want to give back, right? This isn't something where people just want to walk out the door and that's it. I would say often people are in a position where they do want to coach. They do want a wealth uh, knowledge transfer to the next generation and so on and so forth. So how do you encourage either companies and or the retirees to actually share their knowledge? So it is really a two-way street. Ideally, you would think that companies would think about it, but as we've already discovered in my practice, they don't. Right. So um, the ones that do are smart enough to ensure that there's some sort of a crossover period. And I'm not talking, you know, three months of crossover. I'm talking of a period that's, you know, six months to two years where it really is a coaching and mentoring relationship. And if that comes from the organizational level, that's great because it means that they're smart enough to think about it and probably more important, they're willing to fund it. Mm-hmm. If most organizations, though, well, I shouldn't say most, many organizations get a little queasy about that because it costs to have, you know, people in two roles at the same time. So it's not really two roles at the same time. It's about just establishing some sort of a formal mentoring program in the organization for key positions. 
for key positions, and I think that's really important, but key position goes beyond just your C-suite, just your CEO. Oh, absolutely. The question I tell my clients to ask is I say, ask yourself, which of your veterans, and by veterans, I, I lose the, use the term loosely, I mean people who are thinking about moving on to other things that don't involve work. Mm-hmm. So ask yourself, which of your veterans have been invaluable to your business over the years? Uh, and then a second question I ask them to say is, which of your employees do you see as remarkable role models for your new recruits? Those are the people, those two sets of people are the ones that you want to capture. And you want to make sure you set up some sort of a relationship with your young and bright folks in your organization so that they develop those relationships. And by the time they're ready to walk out the door, you have people just just perfectly ready to sort of take over because they've already been there all along. Yeah, to take over the reins on that. So I'm curious, and just anecdotally, if you can share some of your experiences with you as you're working with companies, and obviously you don't have to name any names, but I'm curious as to the good, the bad, and the ugly that you've seen in, in, in this and, um, you know, what what the companies that embrace this, uh, how they benefit, and if you can share an example, that would be great, and those yeah, that absolutely. don't, yeah. Okay, so the the irony is that the ones that don't um, probably don't um, I, I don't know very yeah. many. I just hear those secondhand because they're you know in pretty difficult positions. But the ones who've thought about it uh, usually think about it because it's happened to somebody they know, and right. they're determined to not let it happen in their organization. Uh, and so uh, those are the ones who go bit ahead and set up a formal mentorship program. So they've actually thought about it. They said, here are the five or 10 or 15 people in our organization that we, we really want to make sure we don't lose out, whether it's knowledge, whether it's experience, whether it's relationships. Because many times they're in the sales or business development portion of the organization, and you need to make sure that relationship continues. So they identify that. That's the first step. And it isn't as complicated as it sounds. It just requires a, you know, a little bit of thought and a little bit of consultation with people in the organization. And then you identify people in your organization who are young and who you've identified as the up-and-comers, the ones that you really see a future for in your organization. You match them up. Now, the really cool thing about doing that is when you match someone up with a young person, that young person actually has greater motivation to stay. Because the, the comment I often receive is, you know, what if we invest all this time and effort in a young person and then they just up and leave? Well, that actually what happens is when you do this, it gives those young people more of a reason to stay because they have a bigger investment in the company. They feel like they belong and they have a reason to stay. So it is a little bit of, um, you know, they dovetail into one another. And I don't think people necessarily realize that. Okay. Now, um, along those lines, let me add yep. one more thought. The other thing that's also come up a lot is um, that, you know, in, in our old way of thinking, we always thought that when people retire, they retire. Well, the truth is that um, people who retire nowadays, many of them don't retire because they dislike working. They retire because they uh, want to explore and do other things. So there is an opportunity, actually, to create a little bit of a bridge instead of letting them retire. How about if you let them retire and work on a part-time basis? You know, how about if you let them retire and come back on a consulting basis? It allows that bridge to continue further. And it's a win-win because it gives the people who want to go off and do other things an opportunity to do so while still keeping, you know, one foot in the work camp. And it allows you to create a longer period of time over which you can create that bridge. Now, we've been talking about companies and what they can do on their side, but how could potential people that retire from that company bridge that that knowledge gap or, or that potential possibility with their employer? Agreed. So they need to bring it up. And, and here's the dilemma. The dilemma is that if you think you feel strongly about this and you bring it up, but you get absolutely no support from the organization, mm-hmm. it makes it a pretty untenable position to be in. Right. You can't force this to happen. But what I've discovered is that sometimes when um, uh, people who are senior in organizations identify this and show a willingness to participate in the process, organizations are usually pretty happy 
uh, to say, well, yeah, if someone's willing to take the reins on this and spearhead this, uh, absolutely, we will provide the resources and the support you need. So many times, I guess the short answer to your question is many times it really does require you to bring it up. If you bring it up and start talking to the right people and identifying some of the potential issues with just letting, you know, me walk out the door in six months, organizations are usually pretty good about wanting to come in and say, yes, that makes a lot of sense. And I say organizations like they're a big amorphous mass. They're not, of course, right? They're people. You just have to target the right people in the organization to have those conversations with. Merge, we have to leave it there. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. It was a delight to be on with you. We've been joined by Merge Gupta Sundarji. She's a leadership speaker and a consultant, and she's also the founder of Turning Managers into Leaders. You know, uh, we, a lot of that conversation might have sounded like it was a benefit just to the organization, but Andrew, we know from experience that there's a lot of benefit to people being able to transition coach, mentor, as they were yep. coached, mentored uh, when they were young in their career. So that's often a, a really good piece uh, of retirement and a great legacy in the company. It We've is. got an upcoming seminar, and we're going to talk about this whole lifestyle notion. Let's remind everybody about that. Uh, that's coming on uh, Tuesday this week, coming Tuesday, August 21st, um, at the uh, Co-op Spirits, uh, Wine, Beer, and Spirits uh, at Oak Ridge. Um, that's Tuesday, August 21st, 7 p.m. You can give us a call, register at 966-8400. That's once again 966-8400 or um, send us a note on uh, pkag.ca. Okay, and we got to wrap this show up. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.